Hello and welcome to Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. We're a new church with a desire to bring our hope in Jesus Christ to the people of Helensburgh and beyond and live as a community shaped by the gospel. If you live in Helensburgh or are just passing through, we'd love you to join us sometime. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.15 at the Helensburgh and Lowman Civic Centre. But now, here's the latest sermon from Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. You can find the Bible references and more information in the episode notes. Our reading today comes uh, from Galatians chapter 4 and verse 8. We're continuing our series looking through uh, the book of Galatians. And we're just going to read from verse 8 to verse 20. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we saw how uh, God really adopts us as children. He brings us from slavery uh, to be um, his children. And so uh, Paul continues uh, in verse 8 saying, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, You would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. It's always good to be made much of for a good purpose, not only when I am present with you. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Amen. May God bless his word to us. Perhaps uh, not the the easiest passage in a sense. You can really feel the the frustration of Paul uh, as he writes, as he says how perplexed he is, as he thinks that he has laboured, as he has shared the gospel with them uh, in vain. And yet he's continuing on this theme that we are uh, saved by God, saved by grace, and that there is freedom in the gospel, freedom from from a legalism that says you must do this and this or you're not uh, one of God's people. Uh, Freedom that means that we are God's children and have the eternal life that he has promised. And it is that which we need to be on guard for as we grow in uh, the Christian life, whether we we come to Christ for the first time or whether we've been a Christian for many, many years, we need to be brought back to this because it's so tempting to to be enslaved again, the the strong language uh, that Paul uses about what it is to be um, 
turning away from Christ. The, the, the things that we associate with the ancient world, as Paul writes 2,000 years ago, he's writing into to a culture. We see their ancient buildings, don't we? Some of them still stand, or their ruins at least. You know, the, the statues you see in museums, um, you know, the think of the Parthenon in Athens in Greece. You see the pictures of it. It still looks so grand all these years later, and they, they worship the goddess Athena uh, there. And these things do give us a, a small window into the culture that Paul was, was speaking into. The people he's writing to, most of them weren't Jews before they were saved. They were people who worshipped these idols, who went to these temples, who, who, who did all these rituals, uh, and they joined in these things. They had these superstitions. And, and that they'd been saved from that when they believed in Jesus. Paul came and he shared the good news. He pre presented to them a, a God who, who didn't need a temple or statues, a God who was everywhere, one who was in control of everything, a God who loved them so much that he made himself father to them, who didn't require them to, to sacrifice, to, um, to do these rituals, to, to do all these things. All he asked for was faith in his son, Jesus. He offered them, as we've said time and time again, freedom. Freedom to, to worship, yes, but freedom from a legalistic, religious mindset into a, a faith or religion, um, a faith where fear is taken away, where slavery is replaced by freedom. And so uh, we've seen before how that is good news for us. But what do the Galatians do? What do we do with that freedom? Well, I think our passage gives us a, a window into their souls and to our souls. Um, this passage, I think, does speak into us. We don't have temples. We don't have statues for the most part. We, we still have idols, though, as they did. The Bible often speaks of, of these things as idols, things that are by nature not gods, as verse it says and so we can fall into that same trap of of going in the wrong direction of being enslaved to these things that are not gods at all because what we have we need to remember what we have is a god who we mustn't constantly try and appease we have a god who's not looking over us and just waiting for us to slip up we have a god who's not waiting to to punish us we have a god who has loved us so much that he has given us his son, one who loves us so much. And yet at the same time, we have a God who, who wants us to enjoy that freedom, to use that freedom for good, to actually grow and become more like Jesus. It's not that it just doesn't matter how we live now, that we can do whatever we want, but we are free to become more like Christ. And that's what Paul's heart is for these people, that they would be formed that Christ would be formed in them. So there's three things I want us to reflect on from this passage, really getting to that point of, <coughs> excuse me, of being formed into Jesus, of becoming more like Jesus, of really becoming who we're, we were supposed to be at the beginning. But first of all, I want to see being enslaved. Second of all, I want us to see being known. And third of all, being formed. So enslaved, known, and formed. These are three things that uh, can be said about us. Hopefully the first one isn't always said about us, though. So first of all, enslaved. 
and as we've been talking about that that culture back then that the ancient person would have lived in in fear and anxiety they had to appease these various gods so that they could have a happy and successful life so you know there was Hera or Hera, I don't know how you say it, the, the god of marriage, women, childbirth and, and family. If you want your marriage and your family to be successful, then you had to keep this god happy. You had to sacrifice to them. You had to do what they said was right. And she was said to have a jealous and vengeful nature to those who offended her. Of course, you have folk like Poseidon, the god of the seas. And if he was offended, then there might be shipwrecks or tsunamis and these hurricanes, these kind of things, drownings and so on. You had to keep him happy if you wanted a safe travel on the water. Apollo was the god of many things, one of them being health. So if you wanted to stay healthy, you had to keep Apollo happy. Um, he could bring illness to those who did wrong. And so just with these three very quick examples, hopefully you can begin to see how enslaving that is, how little freedom there is in that because what you're living for is to constantly just keep these gods happy and you're not secure if you've not kept them happy if you've not appeased them and whether you'll be allowed to prosper and flourish is very dependent on them and imagine how devastating that is to your everyday life going through the motions having to do all these religious ceremonies of course we can all probably agree that's not a way to live but then maybe you hear that and you think well that was then this is now this is 2023 we've moved past that we're a very progressive society we've evolved into something more we have achieved progress but is that true and i think it's very easy to say it's it's not true we've not really moved past that yes the the outward edifices of it we don't have these temples as we said i always think though just looking at our smartphones tells us that we are enslaved to things that we do have idols uh, the smartphone itself i suppose uh, is is one of these when you think how much we'll spend on them but you know you you, you look at the the apps that that we have you know some people um uh, might check the the stocks um, i've never used the stock app but it came with one but uh, and apparently people check it and you know they'll make sure they're doing okay others will have dating apps uh, and, and and that sort of thing uh, to make sure that they can find love, that their that their life is meaningful through relationships. If you're me, it's the Auto Trader app that's open multiple times a day, uh, and of course, social media um, is feeding that need to keep up, to have the latest. And you see, you know, people trying to be influencers and stuff, people trying to project a life that is so wonderful. And sometimes you know the person, you know, your life's not that wonderful. And you know yourself, when you, life isn't always that good. And there's comparison, there's popularity. And, and so you see, just even just thinking about what we have in our pockets all the time, we're no different. We have our idols. We have the things that enslave us, the things that we feel we have to do, the things that we feel we have to have so that life can be worth living. It may not be religious in the sense um, of, 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 of the Greeks and the Romans or whatever, and yet we have that in our hearts, that, that desire for that security, knowing my money's safe, knowing I've got a good car, knowing that I'm a, a, a worthwhile person on social media, that acceptance. Um, these things, they enslave us. And of course, none of us would say that about ourselves. 
but when they're the thing that motivate us, the thing that even controls our decisions, the things that we think about all the time, the things that we feel we've got to have, then we're enslaved to these things, aren't we? Because we're always trying to please them, always trying to please that desire within ourselves and fulfill it. And then maybe we, we, we think we've got to a point and then we, we need a, something a little bit more and it just keeps going and it snowballs and it's never enough. And we're not living in freedom. We're enslaved to, to what he's calling these uh, by nature are not gods, these created things, these things in our hearts. We, we can see it in society. We can see it with that, that influencer thing on, uh, on, on social media. And even as people don't have religion, as we're probably the most um, atheistic society, I suppose, in, 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 in many years, um, at least in this country, we still have sort of a, a culture of, you know, we've got to, 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 to worship these things. We've got these things that must be believed in polite society. We've got these uh, flags that must be flown and so on. And so there's, there's slavery to all these things. These are the things that control us. And we'll see in a moment what brings people out of slavery. But the problem here is that these people he's writing to, these Galatians, it's not that they're, you know, atheists. It's not that they're people who, who should be enslaved. They're turning back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, uh, as, as verse 9 says. They're going back to it. They're, they're, they're making themselves slaves again. Imagine a slave who's been set free wanting to be a slave again. That's what Paul is saying they're doing. And so the danger they're facing, though, it's not going back to these things. And this really shows us where the problem can be. It isn't going back to, to the old life externally, but the heart problem remaining the same and taking that new form of slavery. Now, there's these people coming into the church and we call them Judaizers. And they're telling them that you need to keep these rituals. You need to keep these ceremonies that the, the Jews had done in the Old Testament and had added on rules to. Um, they're saying you need to do these things or you're not a good Christian. You can't really have been saved. You, you don't just need to believe in Jesus. You need to do this and this and this. And uh, as verse 17 says, there um, wasn't much made of them. They're doing it for themselves. But they're, they're telling these Galatians, you need to do this and this and this. You need to have this religion. So the enslaving idolatry is still there it's being expressed through religious faith it looks very holy and what we need to see uh, is that we are in the same danger because we will try and build our lives on the things that we do it's the you know the faith of the ladder if we keep climbing up and up in our own strength we'll reach the top if we if we do this many things for god then we'll be a better person if we read our bible every day that'll make us good and you see, it's the heart. It's not that it's bad things that we do necessarily. It's good. We should read the Bible every day. But if we think, oh, if I miss my reading, God's not going to love me, then you can see how we're enslaved. We're anxious. We're worrying. Have I done enough? Is God going to accept me? Is he really, am I really a Christian? Because I've not done this. I've not done this. I've not checked this box. And you can see how devastating that is. Just like the, the ancient gods having to do all these things, when we come to God like that, we're enslaving ourselves. Uh, and it shows itself, I think, with us in, in this country. Uh, it's what John Stott, who was a, 
a, a, a minister in London, he said, religion had denigrated to religious formalism. It's going through the motions. It's turning up to church every Sunday probably, but the heart far away. And that's what we need to be out on the watch for because we're enslaving ourselves then when we're just going through these motions. Keep up, keeping up appearances, yes, but faith in Christ fading perhaps. And I'm sure many of us could say we, we, we felt a bit like that sometimes. And, and the Galatians are going through that. And that's why Paul's writing to them. He's reminding them, you are free. You are free. You have put your faith in Jesus. And, and as we'll see, he's not saying do whatever you want. He's saying you're standing with God. You're being a child of God. That is who you are. That cannot be changed. You do not need to, to, to make yourself a child of God. You don't, do not need to work for that. He has already done it. We can't base our standing with God on what we do. If we're doing that, we're like a child trying to please a teacher instead of a, a son or daughter being with their father. It's slavery because we're never content to know that we've been accepted and loved by God. And Christianity really offers the freedom and the security of knowing that that God has loved us and does love us and has made us his children and that he won't change his opinion of us. We uh, perhaps uh, are in danger of thinking of God like us. How often do we change our opinion of people? Sometimes with good reason, I'm sure, but he calls us his children. He doesn't change his opinion of us. We are his and he will not let us go if we have placed our faith in Jesus. So the danger is going back to that slavery of trying to work for acceptance from God, whether it's the, the sort of classic idols, whether it's the, the things on our phone or whatever else, or whether it's religious formalism, we are in danger. But what we must remember, and if we don't yet know God, is remember that he has known us. That's our second point, known by God. You see, but now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back? We are known by God is the point that Paul is making. Have you ever heard someone say, oh, I've heard about you. You meet someone and say, oh, I've heard all about you. And maybe it's just me. Uh, that's like panic stations. Like, oh, no, what have they heard? You know, it's... Um, it's kind of a, a fear. Um, we often assume that, that people are thinking the worst about us or we've done something wrong, even when we know that we haven't. And it's probably because deep down we know our own flaws. We, we know our own hearts. We know what we really think, even if we don't communicate it sometimes. And what Paul is saying is that the, the thing that, that set them free, the thing that they should have held on to is that it's not that they knew God. Yes, they knew God. They should have held on to that. But far more importantly, that God knew them first. And when we're not free, we'll have that fear that, oh, God knows everything about me. And yes, he does. He knows everything. Um, and that maybe makes us start to panic and because we can hide our worst flaws from people, even those closest to us. But we can't hide from God, can we? We can't hide from one who knows everything, um, who knows even the deepest recesses of our minds and hearts. And perhaps we panic as we realise that we're, we're not able to match up to him, we're not able to hide from him, and so we try even harder to hide. And we think, I can't possibly be his child. He does know me. He does know me. I can't be one of his people. 
and perhaps we do this because again we assume that God has the same outlook and attitude that we would have to others but the good news that Paul is reminding them of is that we are saved by grace that we are saved not because we have reached our way to God not because we have come to know him through our own brilliance and intelligence but that God is the one who rescues us that God knows us that he has taken the initiative that even though he knows us everything about us he takes that initiative uh, and we he rescues us we may cover and hide from God when we when we know we've done wrong we may try and run we may try and live with idols we may go far away from God God can come and cut through the darkness even of our hearts, that he can reach out to us and show us that he knows us. And instead of recoiling at us, turning away in disgust, he knows us and welcomes us as his own children, bringing us into his family forever. That is God's grace in action. That's the the good, the compassionate love of God in action for us. And it's expressed, of course, through Christ on the cross Paul is saying, you have been known by God. You are one of his people. How can you turn back? How could they go back? How could they return to the rules? How could they go for that cold external formalism when they have been known by the creator of all things, when they have been known by the one who is perfect in every way and one who has not rejected them but has made himself known to them? And so Paul asks that question, how can you turn back? to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. And I ask myself and I ask all of us that question, how can we turn back? How can we turn away from Christ to these weak and worthless elementary principles, these things that have no real power? How can we go for the rules instead of freedom? How can we go for the idols instead of freedom of being a child of God? Paul fears that he's labored over them in vain, that all he's done has been worthless because Instead of enjoying being children of God, they'd rather be out of the family and rebelling. And I think people do this, the Galatians, we do this, because everybody wants freedom. But freedom is kind of scary, actually, um, when we have it. Most people's version of freedom is actually a very conformist kind of rebellion that seems to fit in perfectly with what most people around them uh, think. There's a, there's a security in, in having sort of these things we can check off. We might call it freedom, but the opinions that we can have, the things that we can do, there's a, there's a security in that and being accepted, or there seems to be an, a verifiable way, if it's, if it's religion, to, to live that can show results to other people and can make ourselves feel good. And the, the hard thing, if, if I can put it that way, about, about being known by God is is accepting that our only hope is that we have been saved by him, um, that we have been known by him, that he welcomes us even though he knows everything about us. He welcomes us because he loves us. And that is true freedom because this creator of all things knows us, accepts us, and wants us to be his children. That is his love. That is where freedom is found. That is where true security is found. Uh, and he invites us to live in that freedom, to go uh, and to live as his people. And it seems hard to us. And, and we want to go back to the rules, don't we? We want to go back to something we can control. But we are children of God and he calls us to live as these uh, children. So then what do we do 
with this freedom. We have this freedom. We've been known by God. We are his children. What do we then do with this freedom? And it's not that we just live how we want. It's freedom to actually live uh, like Christ, to become like Christ even. And this, this is our third point. We need Christ formed in us. We need to be formed to be like Jesus, as verse 19 said, that Paul's in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And we all want to be better people. Self-help books, podcasts, gym memberships, online courses, all the different ways that we try and make ourselves better, more how we want to be to improve ourselves. It's often not a bad thing, but often it shows our idols as well, the things that we use to make ourselves into better people. And what you could say is we're being formed by these things. We're being formed by the people around us. We're being formed by the, the books that we read, the TV shows we watch, the, the, the things we listen to, the things that we consume. These things are forming us. They are making us who we are. We're always listening, even subconsciously. We're always taking things in and we're growing in different directions. We are formed in a certain way, especially as children, but adults as well. We get formed, or we could say disciples, taught by the things around us. Um, and we need to be formed into something that is actually worth being formed into. Uh, and of course, that's important when it comes to faith in Jesus. What we need to be is formed into someone who is like Jesus, what we might say being Christ-like, or uh, Paul puts it somewhere else, conformed into the image of God. He's saying, basically, be more like Jesus was. We need to, to have that servant heart that he had, that love that he had, that care, that kindness. The, the love for people, the concern for truth, all these things together, the willingness to, to sacrifice, to serve, to look to the interests of others. All the things that Jesus are is what Paul wants to be formed in the Galatians and what he wants to be formed in us and what we should want to be formed in us. And so he reminds them from verse 13, how he, how he became like them, how he served them so that he could show them the gospel. He, he says to the Corinthians in, in another letter, I became all things to all men so that I might win some to Christ. Uh, he, he became as they are and he wants them to become as he is. He'd come with his bodily ailment, he'd preached to them. We don't know what was wrong with him, but as we read, you saw he'd been unwell. And he'd gone in faith in Christ. He didn't demand of them, but they accepted him and cared for him. He'd seen their faith. And Paul's looking back, he's saying, you once lived like this. You know this. You were free. Uh, and he says they would have even gouged out their own eyes for him, which is a very extreme thing to do. And um, I'm sure there's some hyperbole, but the point he's making is they would sacrifice for him. They would do anything for him, not because it's Paul, but because he came as, a, as a, an angel of, of God, as Christ Jesus. He came as one sent from God. He came in that Christ-like way, and they responded to that, and they were being formed into Christ-like people, and they were expressing that in their care for him. But then others come along, those who flatter in verse 17. They're making much of the Galatians, but it's all for their own Again, their ministry is about themselves rather than about Jesus and the people that they're supposed to minister to. They can say all the flattering things where Paul might tell the hard truths, as he says. Um, have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? 
in verse 16. So you see, Paul might say some hard truths, but it's to help them grow, whereas others come along and just tell them what they want to hear. And that's the way it can never be. Sometimes we don't like to hear these things. Sometimes we don't like what we hear, especially actually when it comes to the Bible, because the Bible says things about us that we often don't want to hear. It does tell us that we have done wrong, that we have gone against God, that we have sinned. Um, it does tell us that the way we live our lives isn't how we're supposed to live them. It, it does tell us that we have idols, that we are enslaved to these things. And these are never popular messages for people to hear. Uh, and yet it's all heading to that point of showing how Christ has gone in our place and died for us so that we can be his people. But the Bible will go against uh, society's beliefs as well. And it'll go against us. We'll try and justify ourselves. But Paul's coming with the truth. It's not unloving in the slightest. And, and, and we need to watch the way that we think about this. He cares so deeply for them. That's what shines through. He's saying, I'm in the anguish of childbirth for you. It's like he's their mother. He loves them so much. He, he's not trying to flatter them, but he's just wanting them to grow, to have Christ formed in them. He's not being unloving, and that is an important distinction for us to remember, because I think as Christians we can take the truth part and forget the love part, or on the other hand, some people can take the love part and forget the truth part, and you end up with neither being any use. You see his attitude here. He's telling them the truth, and through the whole letter, he's not mincing his words, and yet he's writing to them in the language here, almost as a mother to their child. He wants them to be like Jesus. He wants them to be everything that they're supposed to be. He wants from the inside out for their lives to be transformed. Like any good parent, he wants what's best for his children. And being like Jesus is the, the purpose, the goal of every single follower of Jesus. And we must challenge ourselves, is that really my goal? Do I want to be more like Jesus? A few things just to uh, finish us off very briefly. First of all, trusting in Jesus is essential, but it's not a one-time thing. It is the daily life. We want to be formed into Christ. We want to be more like him. We don't move on from this. We don't have anything else. We can't simply look back to a past decision and say, whatever we do is okay, because I believe then. Following Jesus is all of life. We need to be formed into him. We need to be made into him. And if you don't yet trust Jesus, then that's where you begin, trusting in him, seeing what he's done for you, seeing that God has known you and will welcome you as his own child, will set you free from all these things. But as well, we need to watch out for things that might take us from our freedom. We need to, again, do this daily, stay close to Jesus. Try not base our confidence on the things that we do or in ourselves. But instead of being known by God, we need to watch our hearts, in other words, for all the things that will take our attention and they will try and form us into something else. And we need to rejoice in God's grace, just reminding ourselves of what God has done. Um, as, as someone else put preaching the gospel to ourselves every single day. That he has rescued us, that he has loved us, that he has given us his son. 
that we can praise him. But we need to listen to what God says. We need to listen to, to his word, to what he teaches us. We need that to be what forms us, teaches us about Christ. We need Christ to be the one who forms us. And there will be so much competing for our time, for our attention, for our resources. What we need is to be formed by the word of God, to be formed to be like Christ. And it's it's through the word that the, the spirit works in us. And it's not that we just you know wait for it to happen. It, it does take effort. It takes discipline. It takes community. It takes us being together reading the word. It takes getting the, the Bible in our lives. It takes prayer. It takes looking for Christ in scripture and looking to be like us. But the, the question is, what is forming us? Is it what God says? Is it the desire to be like Christ, to, to, to have him formed in us, to show his light, to show his goodness to this world? Or is it other things? Is it even as simple as the things that we watch? Is it our concerns? Is it the things that trouble us? Is it the, the, the good things in this life that, that God gives and yet we mix up uh, the, the created and the creator? It must be Jesus that we're formed into in every part of our life. This is Paul's concern here. That's what he wants for these people. That's what God wants for us to be like Christ. And so we must take stock of our lives and ask, what is forming me today? Is it God? Is it his word? Is it into being like Christ? Or is it something else? Because being formed into Jesus is being formed into who we're supposed to be into what humanity is supposed to be. Jesus is the one who is perfect, the, the, the only man who has ever been perfect, how humanity was supposed to be. And being formed into him is both the greatest thing we can do, is the becoming the, 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 the thing that we're supposed to be. And so if you believe, let's, let's make sure we're being formed by what God says. And, and if you don't yet believe, then see see that God has something more for you see that faith in him yes makes you his child but that he will grow you form you into being more like Christ as he welcomes you as his own child he will help you to grow into being like Jesus and all the things that he was and is Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 10.15 as we meet at the Helensborough and Lowman Civic Centre. Find out more on our website, hopehelensborough.org.